All right. If you're on light ministry, will you do the lights? <laughs> There we go. All right. Hello. It's good to be here with you all tonight. I was just reminded as we were singing and as Sarah has shared already with us, we're all coming in from who knows what the last week has held. Um, Probably a lot of chaos for a lot of us. It just feels like what life can feel like. And um, Just thankful to be here and to pause and that we're kind of all coming in from all sorts of different places and we can be here together um, to refresh and um, learn about Jesus together. So um, we're going to look at Galatians 2, 11 through 16 today, Um, but we've been walking through Galatians, so Paul's letter to the Church of Galatia, and... um, Parker shared a couple weeks ago about the hose nozzle, if you remember. And it was, you know, the nozzles can kind of look different, can change, but the water that fills it, that pours out of it, is what's important. And it's the water plus nothing, Um, Jesus plus nothing. And Sarah, last week, shared about um, rules and the board game and... Rules can be good, but if we focus so much on them, we miss connection, we miss relationship, we miss maybe understanding what's beyond that and ask the question, what does unity look like in the church? So um, today we're going to look at um, Galatians 2, 11 through 16, and um, inclusion through Jesus. So I'm going to start with my good news statement. So the good news... This is kind of what I feel like God stirred in me as I was sitting with the passage. Because of God's grace over us and his faithfulness to us, we're free from being justified by how we live. Um, We can confidently receive acceptance over ourselves and for others by putting our faith in Jesus and his gospel of grace. And kind of a refrain I want to come back to is it's grace upon grace upon grace. So we're going to read the passage. So this is Galatians 2, 11 through 16. Cephas is Peter, um, but I'll call him Cephas because that's how it is in the passage. When Cephas came to Antioch, I opposed him to his face because he stood condemned. For before certain men came from James, he used to eat with the Gentiles. But when they arrived, he began to draw back and separate himself from the Gentiles because he was afraid of those who belonged to the circumcision group. The other Jews joined him in his hypocrisy so that by their hypocrisy, even Barnabas was led astray. When I, that's Paul, saw that they were not walking in line with the truth of the gospel, I said to Cephas in front of them all, if you who are a Jew live like a Gentile and not like a Jew, How can you compel the Gentiles to live like the Jews? We who are Jews by birth and not sinful Gentiles know that a person is not justified by the works of the law, but by faith in Jesus Christ. So we too have put our faith in Christ Jesus, that we may be justified by faith in Christ and not by the works of the law, because by the works of the law, no one will be justified. I'm going to pray for us. Father, thank you for your word spoken to us today. God, would we see it with fresh eyes, 
pray that your spirit would be moving just in our hearts individually and collectively, that you would speak to us um, about your heart and the news that you sent your son Jesus to bring to us um, then and now. So God, we just give you this time together as we get into your word. Amen. Okay, so this passage, the picture that came to mind for me was... um, one of a school cafeteria. So put yourself back in either a school cafeteria or a time that you went through a line to get your lunch or your food and then had to find a table to sit at. And so we have Peter, Cephas, who was sent to bring the gospel to the Jews. And the Jews in this time were God's chosen people. And they had these high standards of what it meant like to live for Jesus. Um, Circumcision, Sabbath, sharing meals together, but they could eat only certain foods, clean foods. There were unclean foods they couldn't eat. Paul was like a rock star Jew, and he persecuted the church. And then God came to him and called him to bring the gospel to the Gentiles who were anyone that was not a Jew. And so if we think of this kind of big picture, there's this like esteemed group of people, the cool kids maybe, if you're in a school cafeteria, and then the not so cool or those that might be looked down on. And um, so Peter is um, actually eating with the Gentiles and, and with them in Antioch. And when some cool kids or, you know, these esteemed Jewish men come, Peter starts to get a little insecure or like, oh, I probably shouldn't be eating with these guys. So he withdraws, he pulls back and starts eating, being with the Jews again. And Paul is like, no, 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 that is not what we're about here. And so he calls him out in front of everybody. Like, listen, you were just eating with these guys and then these other cool kids came and you ditched them and other people started following you. And what he's getting at is this like honor versus shame. Like his actions communicated shame over the Gentiles. And it was collect like this collective thing, like, oh, you guys are kind of unclean, uncool. I can't be associated with you. So... um, Let me just see here. Yeah. Okay, so I think we can maybe all identify with this to some degree or another, maybe individually. And collectively, I just wonder what that looks like, how we see that today. So these little images along the bottom. Um, Church. How did you grow up? What's your upbringing in church? We have evangelical upbringing. We have Catholic upbringing. We have, maybe we didn't grow up in the church. And we can start to make these associations like, we've got this figured out, you don't. And it becomes this way we say you're in or you're out. Um, There's cultures a million different cultures around the world. I was just talking with John, like there's a huge world out here, right? And we, Jesus came and can be experienced by every single one. And yet sometimes we say, this culture does it well, this one doesn't, or um, yeah. And so then we move, you know, political affiliation. That was a huge one, right? And well, always has been, but in the last handful of years. Um, We've seen, you know, if you're this way, if you vote that way, 
becomes this, you've got it down or you don't. And this kind of honor shame. Like we make agreements about people's value, about their faith, about whether they can be believers or not. Um, Family dynamics. We have families that look all sorts of ways, blended, single parents, widows, divorced. It just is so many. But again, we can make these um, dividing lines in our minds. And socioeconomic status. Um, So Paul is really calling out in this passage that we're being invited into a relational orientation towards Jesus, that we are um, all on a level playing field before the God of the universe, and he came to get rid of these dividing lines, this honor, shame mindset. Um, And so that's why Paul calls Peter out in front of of everyone and says, this is, this is not good. Um, yeah, I, I think just to point out, like, at the time, to be a Jesus follower was to act, act ethnically Jewish. Like, they just, that was like this pure way of doing it. So um, I think a question to come back to with this is, who, who can sit at the table and celebrate the Lord's Supper together? Who can sit at the table in the school cafeteria? And how do we see um, maybe this hypocrisy in ourselves or around us where we start to say, you can, you can't, based on um, how we live or by the way, by the standards that we live by. So we're going to go back to the next slide. So coming back to our good news, we can confidently receive acceptance over ourselves and others. And I just felt like this was important. We may experience hypocrisy towards us. We may feel like the ones that people are withdrawing from, that we don't have it figured out, or that we can't meet the standards of the law, or we can't, um, we didn't, we weren't brought up a certain way, or our... um, the way we look or our family is different, and so we're not in the, the cool group, the esteemed group. But we also can be part of the hypocrisy. And so I don't know where you find yourself today, but I just think to receive acceptance over ourselves, as we grow in that, we grow in that for others, that that starts to come out, and we, we grow in that for others. But what really started to strike me is the second part, by putting our faith in Jesus and his gospel of grace. So what does it mean to put our faith in Jesus? Because this is a pretty, like, you know, poignant point that, that Paul is saying we're free from being justified by how we live, not by works of the law, but by faith in Jesus. So I looked up faith in the Britannia, or, um, the dictionary. And, um, you know, it's trust or confidence in something. And this is like something that stirred this week is, and even as we were singing, like we have a God who is um, mysterious and powerful and almighty and big and also very personal 
and intimate and like meets us in individual ways. And so I think when we, um, that can become a little mundane maybe as we walk with Jesus, as we've had, you know, walked with him over years, but it just struck me fresh. Like by putting my faith in Jesus, he says, you're free from shame. I covered it. It's done. I see you. You're accepted. You are beloved. I made you with a purpose. He says, uh, sin doesn't have um, power over your life, even though we still walk with things and deal with things. But that doesn't count us in or out. Um, he says, like, we're all in his family if we, if we say yes to him. And so these things that it's like, okay, do I really believe that? Do I really trust that for myself and for those around me? And, and I can look people in the eye and say, that's for you and for me. And we all stand covered by the blood of Jesus. So I just think, like, to let that sink in, that has been something for me this week that's um, kind of struck me afresh. Um, and that we can take what Jesus has done and take it to the bank. Um, that Paul saying to Peter, Christ, that's, that is done. There is not the esteemed group and the unesteemed group. There's not people who've got it right and who don't get it right. What it's important is, do you, do you believe in me, Jesus, and what I have done for you and what I have said and spoken over you? So I, I want to look at some promises in the scriptures. Okay, so John 1, 16 to 18. We all live off his generous abundance, gift after gift after gift. Um, We got the basics from Moses and then this exuberant giving and receiving, this endless knowing and understanding. All this came through Jesus, the Messiah, not the church you're part of, not the spiritual practices you practice. And those things aren't bad, but when those become the center, that's where we start to miss it. So this endless knowing and understanding, all this came through Jesus, the Messiah. No one has ever seen God, not so much as a glimpse. This one-of-a-kind God expression who exists at the very heart of the Father has made him plain as day. Jesus came and showed us what God is like. No one else has seen God. So it's like, okay, we're all in that place together that that we can come before Jesus and experience God. John 1, 3 through 5. Through him, all things were made. We all put our pants on the same way every day. You know, like we all um, have breath in our lungs that we don't manufacture, that we don't have control over. It is Christ. In him, we live and move and have our being. So through him, all things were made. Without him, nothing was made that has been made. In him was life, and that life was the light of all mankind. The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness has not overcome it. And then the last one I have up there is Romans. Okay, that's pretty I'm going to read it from here. Uh, So therefore, since we have been justified through faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ, through whom we have gained access by faith into this grace, and we now stand. 
We boast in the hope of the glory of God. You see, at just the right time when we were still powerless, Christ died for the ungodly. Very rarely will anyone die for a righteous person, though for a good person someone might possibly dare to die. But God demonstrates his own love for us in this, that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. While we were still sinners, Christ died for us. So Paul, again, coming back to this rock star Jew who persecuted the church, was called to bring it to the gospel to the Gentiles. And so fervently wanted to defend that gospel when he saw that people were pulling back because of some different standards they were living by, that they weren't participating in circumcision or um, eating clean and unclean foods, which is crazy to me because Peter, I don't know exactly the timeline, but received a vision and, and declared, like, no longer should I call anything impure or unclean. And yet here's Peter like, oh, I don't know if I should, you know, hang out with these guys. So Paul just fervently defended this gospel that it is in grace, which we now stand and we boast in the hope of the glory of God. And we can all own that for ourselves and for those that maybe we don't understand and don't maybe, um, let's be honest, think that they have it right, you know, or think that they are um, living the way they should live. Or So I, for me, this has really come up through um, motherhood. God's used motherhood to, um, to tear this down in my life because I, um, I had certain standards for myself as a believer even, you know, time with Jesus, praying, um, being really involved in my church community. And then I had kids and it was like, I can barely get through the morning. I can't even get us out the door without feeling like the whole house is on fire and, you know, things like that. And it just, it started to really, um, eat at me. Like, okay, I don't even know, like, I haven't read my Bible in a while, or, you know, I haven't had a quiet time, or just these ways that I put standards on myself, that it was like, this is what it looks like to live for Jesus. This is what it looks like for me to be a believer. And receiving this afresh, it's like, that is not what it's about. Jesus has said, put your faith in me, and We'll walk through. We'll walk through the rest. You know what life what life brings, um, and so that's like a very individual belief. But I th- think collectively we can start to form those. Like, oh, they haven't been at church in a while, or whatever. Um, and that has just really brought me back to a place of it is not by the works of the law. It is not by the standards that we live by, but through faith in Jesus Christ. So, I want to just pause and let that sink in for a minute and invite you to think about where that lands for you. Um, that what's, what's the truth that needs to sink today? That God's grace over you is enough to say you're accepted and invited in. There's a seat at the table for you. Or maybe it's ways that we might need to confess, ways that we have said, 
you're in, you're out. You got it. You don't. Um, because this is something that I think coming back to the center, right? Like that's what the invitation has been over the last handful of months is, is calling in towards, towards the center that this is God's grace, abundant, abundant grace that never runs out. Um, and we are not justified by how we live, by by the law, by the works of the law, but by faith in Jesus Christ. So um, let's pause there and just um, take a couple seconds to be quiet and um, see what the Spirit might be stirring. Because of God's grace over us and faithfulness to us, we are free from being justified by how we live. We can confidently receive acceptance over ourselves and others by putting our faith in Jesus and his gospel of mercy and grace. Lord, we just thank you for your grace, that it's grace upon grace upon grace, that God, you say that we are your um, sons and daughters, and that you came and fulfilled the law that we didn't have to, um, that we didn't have to. And so, Lord, I just pray that you would um, speak a word to us as we um, just thank you again together. And um, yeah, we praise you. We praise you for this and thank you that you um, love and pursue us without end. In your name we pray. Amen. And I just want, this is the last thing I want to say. These are, these are lines from the songs that we have sung and will sing today, but this is the God that we put our trust in. One of amazing grace, unfailing love. He laid down his life that we would be set free. He breaks the power of sin and darkness. He makes the orphan a son and daughter. He rules the nations with truth and justice. The souls of all who come to the Father are restored by his blood, by his name, and in his freedom, we are free. He's resurrected us. We are given new life. We are already loved. We are already chosen, and he breaks down divisions. So let's just think about that as we continue to worship. <laughs> 